Facts Matter, the podcast discussing Michigan public policy through a research lens. Facts Matter is brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, a 104-year-old independent nonprofit research organization that provides unbiased information on the significant issues concerning state and local government organization and finance. Our research can be found at crcmich.org. Now, let's dive into the facts that matter. Welcome to another edition of Facts Matter. My name is Joe Steele, and today we have Esmat Ishag Osman, the research associate at the Research Council's Detroit Bureau. Esmat, welcome back. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me. Uh, Good to talk to you again. Yes, always enjoy being on with you. So uh, we've got an election coming up uh, that uh, that folks may be interested in, but uh, specifically in your neck of the woods, the area that you're covering, the Detroit Bureau, there are a few uh, ballot proposals that are before our friends in the Detroit uh, voting community that they have to consider uh, coming up uh, this, uh, this November. So I wanted to talk about a couple of those with you, actually all, all three of them really, uh, and learn a little bit more about what they would do, the potential impact they would have, uh, and really what it means on the city uh, going forward, depending on you know, which way, uh, which way the, 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 voter, the voting, tally, voting, voting tally goes. So um, if it's all right with you, I suppose we can we can take these one at a time and we'll just go in alphabetical order since they are, you know, lettered. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm ready for it. Perfect. All right. We'll start with uh, Proposal E, um, which uh, would enact a Detroit ordinance that would decriminalize to the fullest extent uh, permitted under Michigan law, the personal possession of and therapeutic use of ethnogenic plants. Did I say that correctly? Uh, Entheogenic. Entheogenic. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, what is that? And when, what would this proposal uh, do? Uh, So, so entheogenic plants are psychoactive substances uh, that induce alterations in perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, or behavior uh, for the purposes of therapeutic use. Like you mentioned, spiritual development, recreational use, uh, some of them, they're more commonly known as psychedelic plants. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the most common entheogenic plants include those of magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, mescaline, peyote, DMT, uh, even cannabis, which was legalized in Michigan uh, by 2018 initiated statute, can also be broadly categorized as an entheogenic plant. So another way of thinking about them is that they are, they grow from the earth. They're natural. They come from the earth rather than being synthetic substances um, made in a lab or whatever the case might, right. might be. So is this uh, just following down that path of, of 2018 and the, the, the cannabis, uh, you know, if it's in that same category, I suppose, uh, is it just, you know, following that same direction? We just wanted to expand it to uh, additional, additional plants. Yeah, it, 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 it's following a similar journey. Um, you know, before marijuana became legalized, it also went through processes of being decriminalized in municipalities. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at one point in time became medicinally uh, legal, uh, for legal for medicinal use on the state level. And then, you know, eventually became uh, legalized for recreational use. So um, it's a similar journey that <clears throat> marijuana took in 2018. Okay. So, If Proposal E is to pass, it would enact a Detroit ordinance to decriminalize to the fullest extent, permitted under Michigan law, the personal possession and therapeutic use of these 
psychedelic plants. Uh, proposal E would decriminalize the use and possession of these psychedelics in Detroit. Um, but however, it does not legalize the use and possession of these psychedelics. So that is an important, like an important difference. Yes, for sure. Decriminalization is not legalization. Um, distribution of these psychedelics would still be criminalized, of course. Uh, but yeah, that is essentially what would happen if the proposal you were to pass. So can we talk a little bit about the difference between legalization and decriminalization? Uh, uh, sounds like there's a, there's a fine line there. I know we're not you know, lawyers on the call here. Uh, at least I'm not, but I wanted to um, just maybe clarify that uh, for people. I can, I can possess it uh, and use it, but I can't uh, distribute it, as you mentioned. Right. So um, decriminalization is not legalization, as you said correctly. Uh, when possession of a substance uh, is decriminalized, criminal charges are usually not applied. So if an individual is found guilty and convicted, um, punishments for the crime usually include criminal penalties such as jail time. That is if something is criminalized, right? right. Uh, with decriminalization, penalties can still apply for possession and use of a substance. Um, it just sometimes means that criminal penalties are replaced with civil penalties. Uh, so these could include referral to an education or treatment program or a fine uh, akin to like a traffic violation, right? So another analogy to kind of think about it is um, it's still illegal to speed, still illegal to run a red light, right. uh, but you're probably just going to get a ticket if you were to be pulled over. I got right? Is that what we mean it when it was the same idea? Is that what we mean when it, when it was referred to as uh, falling to the lowest uh, law enforcement priority? It's not something they're they're actively looking for, I guess. But if if, yeah. if, if we find it, if we find it, we're gonna you know ticket you as you mentioned. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So and who and is? It's also, and I'm sorry. It's also important just to note really quick that currently on the federal level, these plants are uh, are categorized as Schedule One drugs. Um, so, you know, magic mushrooms, peyote, these other psychedelics or hallucinogens are on the federal still classified as a schedule one drug. Um, so this category is this categorization usually indicates that there is no currently acceptable accepted medical use for these substance. And mm -hmm. there is a high potential for abuse. Uh, so marijuana and heroin are other examples of schedule one drugs um, on the federal level. OK, has has anyone come out in. Uh, law enforcement specifically come out either in favor or uh, against this and who's um, who's on either either side broadly yeah you know what i have not really heard any opposition or support of this uh -huh. proposal uh that is also true for similar proposals that have been or are being attempted to be enacted in other cities in michigan yeah um quite frankly there's just not too much information out there uh related to this effort to uh, decriminalize psychedelics in Michigan. So I can't speak on whether or not uh, police or any other law enforcement is supportive or not, um, but it seems to be moving forward. Right. Well, yeah, we will see. Uh, we will see when folks hit the uh, hit the ballot box. So um, the next one going alphabetically, uh, Proposal R uh, would require the Detroit City Council to establish a reparations task force to make recommendations for housing and economic development programs that address historical discrimination against Detroit's black community. Now, this uh, obviously you bring up the words reparation and, and it 
starts a big conversation. It's a national topic. So what are we trying to do to do here? What is the uh, uh, what is this proposal all about? Yeah. Um, so proposal R, uh, if it passes, uh, Detroit City Council would be required to establish a reparations task force to make recommendations for housing and economic development programs that address historical discrimination against Detroit's Black community, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, if proposal R is rejected, City Council could still create a reparations task force on its own. It would more so, um, it would more so be an indication that there is no voter uh, support towards it if it were to be rejected. Um, so proposal R creates a reparations task force, but the proposal does not extend beyond establishing that body. Um, it does not define membership of the body or any timelines that it's supposed to meet. Uh, that would be the job of city council to determine all of those things. Uh, further, it doesn't ensure any legislative or fiscal action towards enacting any of the recommendations that the task force might make. Um, simply put, this proposal establishes a task force to investigate policy recommendations for housing, specifically for housing and economic development programs uh, that would aid the Black community use a lot, utilizing a racial equity approach. So it doesn't uh, give them, uh, the, them being the task force, any authority uh, other than provide recommendations to the city council. And the city council could choose to enact these recommendations or not. Does that sound right? Correct. And right. if this doesn't pass, I think you noted that uh, uh, the city council could take it upon itself to establish task force on its own if they chose to uh, later down the road at, a, at, a, at another time. At, that's that's correct. So, in fact, this this uh, city council placing this question on the ballot um, is kind of a first step of them implementing a resolution that they passed June 15th that was in support of just creating it and, and, and moving forward towards establishing some sort of a reparations program in the city, uh, investigating how, what and how a reparations program in the city would look like and function. So um, they could have just created their own, their own task force by themselves, but uh, you know, they, put, they, they made it a point to put it on the ballot to really gauge the interest of residents and, and right. more so to show public demand for such, a, for such an initiative. Sure, that makes sense. Is there any, has there been any uh, leaning uh, uh, that you might be aware of in terms of what recommendations might be suggested by a task force, whether it's in, in, in put in place by the city council or this um, elected, uh, which is not elected task force, but, but a task force put in, plus, in place by the electorate? Um, I haven't heard of any conversation pertaining to what a program might look like, um, yeah. but even looking at the ballot language, uh, it's specific that these programs <clears throat> would be looking at housing housing pro, uh, policies um, around or economic development policies. So programs that are geared towards um, looking specifically towards uh, those kind of you know housing and economic development programs. Uh, other cities across the across the country have already initiated similar resolutions oh, okay. or bills. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, in Evanston, Illinois, uh, that's the one city I'm aware of right now that actually has a fully functioning reparations program that is based around uh, housing, a housing program. Um, and so um, I imagine that th this task force would probably look to those cities to see what kind of models that they are 
uh, thinking about or using uh, and something similar may be developed here. Okay, okay. Uh, well, interesting to see there's other communities around. So I'm sure they're learning from each other and, and, and seeing what's, you know, what's working or what um, uh, ideas or concepts other, other communities might be putting in place. Um, yeah. The next one on the list, Proposal S, would uh, enable voters to petition for the enactment of city ordinances that would include the appropriations of money. That's, this one sounded uh, unique. You talk about other communities with the, on, on the reparations task force side. This one sounds a little bit unique. Uh, maybe it's not uh, about uh, voters uh, petitioning the city uh, to direct you know, funding, uh, funding, which is typically a, um, you know, a job of the city council or you know, legislative body at the state level uh, to direct funding. So, so let's talk about this one. What is, what, is this, what is this one all about? Yeah, so Proposal S is certainly uh, the weightiest proposal on the ballot. Um, proposal S is a voter-initiated petition to amend the Detroit City Charter. Uh, it seeks to remove the current prohibition on initiated appropriations in the city charter, uh, allowing citizens with the ability to enact ordinances for the appropriation of money. So it would expand the powers that voters have with the initiative, which is a tool of direct democracy that citizens can use to either uh, adopt laws uh, or using a referendum to repeal laws. So if proposal S is adopted, voters would be able to petition for the enactment of city ordinances that include the appropriation of money. Um, with this being a voter initiated petition, uh, actually there, with all three ballot proposals that are gonna be on this November ballot. Mm -hmm. uh, an example of what an initiative is, we have two examples out of the three um, ballot proposals that are going to be on the November ballot. So mm -hmm. proposal S and proposal E are both examples of a voter initiated petition uh, or, or, or an initiative sure. uh, enacted by voters. Uh, if proposal S is rejected, voters would not be able to petition for the enactment of city ordinances that include the appropriation of money. Uh, so currently, as the charter reads, uh, the charter restricts voters from being able to initiate an ordinance for the appropriation of money or to be able to initiate a referendum repealing an ordinance that deals with money. Yeah, I mean, as well within it's written in the First Amendment, right? The, the idea and concept of petitioning uh, petitioning the, the government and there's laws in place about the number of signatures one might need to put something on a ballot or, or to, to uh, have something enacted. But the budget process in dealing with funding is interesting because the budgeting process is done, you know, each fiscal year and that's, that's the budget for the year. So I'm curious as to how this would work if, if a citizen uh, initiated referendum dealing with appropriations would would impact an already a budget that's already in place and we're already working from. I mean, that money is already spoken for and accounted for going to a certain area. Can it then be redirected somewhere else? Or, you know, what if the funding just doesn't exist because it is meant for another purpose? Have we dealt absolutely. with any of those? <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I mean, those are all pertinent questions to ask uh, when thinking about this proposal. And I think a lot of those questions are going to have to, if proposal S were to pass, uh, would most likely have to be even figured out in the courts uh, because so just a little bit of context before I answer those questions directly. We did do a survey of uh, 
Michigan's 100 largest cities of charter provisions in Michigan's 100 largest cities. Mm-hmm. What we found is that actually only 10 of those 100 largest cities uh, have this restriction on voters not being able to initiate an ordinance for the appropriation. Really? One of those 10 is, is Detroit. Okay. So that is to say that Detroit is not the rule. It's the exception when it comes to this kind of restriction. Uh, but the, nevertheless, when we talk about Detroit, you know, our city charter does provide, is very specific about the means of which money can be appropriated. Uh, that is either through the budget process mm-hmm. or through amendments that can be made to an adopted budget. But even with that, the charter is very specific that there's very specific circumstances at which an adopted budget can be amended, right? So the question here is, where does this initiative fit in with the existing provisions that are laid out in the charter? Um, Proposal S does not amend Article 8 of the charter, which speaks Mm -hmm. to the budget process and speaks to the amending of an adopted budget. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't amend Article 8 to provide a process for appropriations that is external to the budget process. Okay. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, right, but right. essentially uh, another way of kind of thinking about this is while the amended language provides the power to enact voter initiated appropriations, it doesn't provide a process necessarily. Because the budget process is the budget process according to the charter and that's, yeah. And it, it's very clear yeah. how the budget process is supposed to uh, play out. Uh, it is clear that appropriations of money is done through the budget process. So even the the amending of section 12101, which is what this proposal is trying to do, um, it is striking out the language that speaks to voters not being able to initiate an ordinance for the appropriations of money, but it leaves the language that says that our powers doesn't extend to the budget. So it's kind of like a catch 22, uh, budget process and appropriations are interconnected according to the charter. You can't really separate the two. Um, so there, it's not clear uh, how this initiative would fit in with current charter provisions. But I am interested that there's so many other communities in which that is possible. Uh, so there are existing methods in place in other communities, whether it's their charter or that that, that allows this. Um, do we do? Is that something Detroit could learn from if this were to pass? Uh, would you know? Would they take possibly take a look at some of the other you know charges? See how the how the uh, uh, mechanism works or could work? work? Yeah, uh, I think absolutely. Um, I think you know the ability to always look at neighboring municipalities or, or you know how they are able to uh, kind of uh, enact uh, an ordinance uh, in a way that works for them is certainly an avenue the city can take uh, if this proposal were to pass. It's, uh, make it a model that works for them. You know, yeah. I think I think it indicates that there is a sense of value to citizens being able to enact ordinances for the appropriation of money with, with only 10 out of 100 cities having this restriction. Right. Um, but nevertheless, there, there's certainly, um, with how current law in Detroit is set up, there's certainly going to be hiccups and questions that need to be answered. Um, and more than likely, it will probably be determined in the courts as to how this this proposal, this provision would work. 
and to be and nothing would really change if this were not to pass it would just the, the budgeting process would would continue and and things would go as they as they are it's not necessarily losing yeah. any any um any rights or responsibilities because this would as you mentioned in the beginning this would be expanding the uh, rights of citizens to petition their uh, their government for a specific reason, uh, expanding it to appropriations. Correct. Correct. Awesome. Well, um, uh, I think that we will uh, we will we will see how each of these uh, shake out. There's some three three interesting uh, interesting proposals here. Some of which have some you know models uh, to follow around the country, and and uh, um, and yeah, we'll see how the voters of Detroit to decide to go about each of these three. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, go, <laughs> thank you very much for the uh, for the insight. Appreciate learning about this, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll check in uh, in November and see how see how this all shook out. That sounds good. Thank you for having us on today. All right, talk to you next time. Yep, talk to you later. Right. Along with this podcast, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan produces blogs, research papers, op eds, and other resources to better inform Michigan citizens and policymakers. As an independent nonprofit, our work is funded by Michigan corporations, foundations, and individuals like yourself. If you like what you've heard, please consider making a donation by visiting crcmich.org and clicking on Get Involved. Thank you for your support.